All right. Well, welcome, Jenna, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to be talking to you. It is my pleasure. Now, let's get straight into it. I always ask this to my guests that come on the podcast. What is your most bizarre habit? That is such a funny question to actually have to think about because I'm like, well, I don't know. I've got so many random little habits that what is what is bizarre, but the one thing that just popped into mind was like, and I hope most people do this actually, not only do I have to obviously shower before bed, but I always have to make sure that my feet are clean before I get into bed. Like I cannot get into bed with dirty feet. So that was sort of just what stuck out to me. That is so that is so funny because I know so many people that have that same I'm habit. I'm so pedantic about feet. If I ever look at anyone's feet and they're dirty, I'm like, go wash them. <laughs> yeah. Are you freaked out about feet? Do you hate I it? I'm freaked out, but if they're dirty, then I'm like, oh, like feet in Woolworths or Coles. Yep freaked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so true, especially those floors, yuck, dirty. Yeah. For those who don't know Jenna, she is such a little biz babe. She has just launched a new business. She's also got a side hustle and you're a brand new mum of the cutest little kitten. <laughs> what a busy bee. And yeah. that's that's why I really wanted Jenna to come on the podcast is because you have such passion and drive and that's really what sparked my attention. And we were actually chatting last night um, as I was just finishing up the podcast uh, episode and it was like 9 p.m. and we both were still on our phones, still chatting <laughs> to each other. And I feel like we're just on the exact same wavelength of just always trying to get shit done. So yeah. for those who don't know your story, do you mind giving a little in- explanation on how you actually got to where you are and and what you actually do sure I mean well do we want the short version or the long version (laughs) like how long do we have here (laughs) um okay so well for starters who am I I was born in South Africa I immigrated to Australia with my family when I was little um fast forward I went on to study business and commerce at university I wasn't always good at school like I had a hard time in school I was like bullied and went through some personal stuff so it was like Uh, quite special for me to actually get into university. I got in because I did well in business and English. I topped the state in English and I got a bad six in in business and everything else was terrible. Um, So I got a letter one day that said, we'll actually like take you into our university. So it was kind of like my second chance. And there I was, I went to university, I studied commerce and I majored in marketing um, and I got my shit together. I was always hardworking. I definitely had like lots of jobs like growing up. Um, and then I graduated and from there went on to study my certificate three and four in fitness. Um, at the time I was working in corporate, like I was working for a big pest control company, believe it or not. Wow. Um, I went on, I got qualified got into the health industry um, and took it a step further, got into the fitness industry and um, now I have my own business. Now you're here. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we could go on for days and we're going to, trust me. We're going to get, we've got so many topics that I want to chat to you about. But first I want to talk more about that business side. So you studied commerce at uni and what actually sparked your interest about marketing and branding? It's really interesting. Like I have said this before, but I I honestly had it in me from a young age. My dad, I grew up around um, a really high power businessman. My dad was really strong in business. He was always working and always traveling and never home. Um, But when 
so he, because he was never home, I loved it so much when he was that even when like we had public holidays or school holidays, I used to want to go to work with my dad. So instead of staying home and hanging out with mom, I would be at work with my dad drawing on the whiteboard. I'd be pretending to to lecture and present to my imaginary friends or my sister or whoever would listen. Um, and I was just kind of around it from such a young age. I, I grew up doing drama and I, and I loved acting. And I remember my dad said to me, but Jenna, like, you know, because I said I wanted to be an actor and he's like, but if you go into to business, everything is a business, everything is um, a business and you can act in every sort of sort of way. And although that didn't make sense to me at the time, I kind of realized at a young age that everything is a business. If you want to be a personal trainer, you've got to know business. If you want to be a beautician, you need to understand business. Like that's the driving force behind everything. So I kind of just had this thought that I was like, well, I'll do that. And at the very least, if I don't know what I want to do, I'll figure it out, but I'll still be able to run the business. But I just loved it so much that that was kind of like what I decided I wanted to do for other people, you know, help them turn their dreams into their reality through business. Absolutely. And it's pretty like remarkable that you kind of knew what you wanted to do from such a young age. That's quite rare really for people that um, to actually know like school is so hectic for people and like at grade in grade nine I think we were being asked what do you want to do when you're older it's like I don't know I'm like 14 I I have no idea like I mean there's a I don't know who said it but we trust adults to run countries and make big decisions now, but why? Like you're supposed to grow smarter and wiser and learn from your mistakes and at the end of your life you're supposed to know. Why is it that in the first 15% of your life we're trusting people with what they want to do? And I'm so fortunate that I had that experience. Mm. You know, I had a really pivotal moment where I was getting in so much trouble in school. I had my business teacher pull me aside and and my friends got to go on peer support camp because they were like model students and I didn't. And she pulled me aside and because someone got sick, she was like, you can be a peer support leader, but you have to stop getting into detentions and things like that. And I just realized like that was so pivotal for me because that meant that I got to go to university, which I wouldn't have even been phased at the time if I didn't, because I didn't want to like, didn't know that I wanted to study business. It was just because I got in. Um, And because I got in, my dad gave me an ultimatum. He said, if you, he didn't really give me an ultimatum. There was no (laughs) choice. He said, if you don't go to uni, you have to support yourself. And I was like, oh, well, 400 bucks a week is like a hairdresser or something. Well, how was I going to do that? Um, so it forced my hand, but I'm glad it did. Oh, and that, that, well, I guess that forced realization, like really probably gave you the biggest kick up the bum. And now look where you are. Like, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, exactly. It was so nice. Thank you. Now you work ridiculously hard and I'm so excited to chat about all your business ventures, but I first want to ask, I know you work from home and at the moment, the majority of us really are working from home. And I want to know, how do you stay motivated when working from home? That is a great question. It's something that I've been really confronted with lately myself, but um, the the secret to staying motivated from working from home, I think, is structure. And it's so funny because I know people think that um, 
structure and being regimented can be a bad thing, but structure is going to get you through your day. You need to be waking up at the same time every day. This is not Friday. It's not Saturday. Every day can be Monday, every Mm -hmm. single day, even Sunday. So it's like, you've got to get up at the same time every day. You've got to start your morning, have your routine. Like it's an actual thing. The 5am club, um, the, the, the breakfast club, like everything that happens, not the breakfast club, the 5am club, everything (laughs) you do in the morning, set, setting up your, um, your morning is so important. Make your bed, wash your face, get dressed, whatever. Like, go for a walk, start your day and then plan your breaks. Know when you take your breaks. And I feel that doing this with nutrition and training um, in the past with prep, but even especially with working has really helped to just get that consistency in your Mm. day. And it's so important. I'm finding the same thing like from going from being like in my house for probably like four hours a day and mainly being at the gym, i I was the same, so confronted at like, well, what, how am I meant to find a routine? And that's something that I think a lot of people are struggling with at the moment. And you made such a great point by just making it like a, a regimented routine to, to really make sure that you're actually sticking to, to something. Yeah. I really mm. hope that from this time, the world becomes a little bit more independent because something that I feel is, has become prominent is like, there's a lot of debt people don't have savings. You lose your job and people don't even have a month's savings in the bank. They're so scared. And then they can't get money from the government. They can't pay their rent. They can't go to work. They can't even function to push themselves through their own day. Like as human beings, are we really that molded by the government and society that we need employers and other people to tell us how we're going to live? Like the, for the, think about it. It's like, it's like for the first time ever, the world, the universe has said, okay, you do you. And everyone's gone, well, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't even know how to put to, to sit and work just because the colleague next to you is not there. Exactly. And I think as well, it's really making you think about what you, I, I've said this in to everyone nearly for the last six weeks, I've been kind of out of the gym. I've, I've said that, you know, it's now time to figure out what you love and what you actually like doing. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's definitely brings to your attention the, the shit you actually do care about, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. This time has made all of that like more prominent for people. Now, um, I'm going to keep on that business path and I know it's obviously super daunting to quit your full-time job and start your own business, which is exactly what you did. Am I right? Yes, yes. It it was daunting, but I'm so glad that I did it and took the leap. What was your deciding factor to actually go out on your own and start your own business? So it was something I always wanted to do. Um, I said to my last employer when he hired me, I said to him, I'm going to start my own business. So I kind of like even gave him um, like it was something I just always wanted to do. The deciding factor was freedom. I love working. I love corporate. I love presenting. I love conferences. I love people. I love being part of a team. So for me, it was like, well, I almost, I almost loved having a job. I really actually loved the corporate world as well. Not many people say that. Everyone's like, get off the hamster wheel ditch nine to five. And I'm like, oh, I really liked that at the same time because I was I was thriving and growing. And, and the reason that I think I decided I wanted my own business was because I just wanted freedom. A really big value of mine is 
freedom. And I couldn't put that word, I couldn't attach the word to it for so long. It's only maybe in 2020 that I realized my value, my driving force is freedom. I want time freedom. I want to wake up. And even though I've got my routine, even though every day is the same and I have my clients, I practically work for my clients. I feel like I'm free to say, yes, let's do a podcast at this time. Yes, I'm going to go for a walk. Yes, I'm going to train for two hours. I want to have a bath at 10 a.m., you know, and and then additionally, it was financial freedom. Like, I hate to say this, but you are capped. If you are working in a corporate job with a company and a board of directors, your earning is so seriously capped. And studies and statistics show the only way you're going to get a pay rise in your 20s is if you quit your job and get another one or get fired and get another job. Like you don't get a, you don't get big increases. You'll get like the the standard CPI or 3, 3% on it, on your salary. And it's like I wanted more than that. More. You know? mm. I just wanted more than what that – like that hamster wheel, as much as I love it, you give everything and you get very little back. And you can really tell – like I can really tell just from talking to you that, yeah, you're so – you're so independent and you are so headstrong that you just know exactly what you want. But I guess for someone who who potentially isn't like that and maybe doesn't doesn't have maybe the balls to actually start their own business, what advice would you give for someone who is wanting to branch out and start their own business and kind of leave that that corporate world behind? That's a good question. And you know, you said um, just just now, maybe not everyone is like that. But I challenge you on that because I believe everyone wants to create their own life. Now, you might not know how to do it. You might not know what that looks like. But I don't believe for a second that whoever's listening to this, you just want to wake up and go to work and chill and then go home. Like even if even if I said to you, what is your biggest dream and you're like just to not work, I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, there's a way you can do that. Like you don't just have to accept your current situation. Like what well, you're not changing, you are choosing. And I, whilst I would never say I don't want to work, there are people who don't want to work but they think they have to and they go choose these average jobs. And I'm like if you did something you loved, maybe it wouldn't feel like work. If you found a way to make passive income, like there is always you've just got to open your mind. So it's kind of like even if you're the most uninspired, laziest person in the world and you're sitting here telling me you don't want to work, I'll tell you there's a way you can make that happen. I love it. Yes. And like you have to challenge the status quo, right? You've got to like really challenge that, that, that's exactly what I say to people is you you need, you do want to do the things that you're saying, you know, I don't have time for it or I can't, it's too scary, but you actually can. And if anyone that I've spoken to who has left their old job and either started their own business or gone to to a job that they actually love and are passionate about, they have never been like, damn it, wish I didn't do that. Exactly. Exactly right. And Which is so cool. And I just think that like the two biggest, biggest things or that's actually the one single factor that stops people is fear. And because of fear, they will tell you a million other things. But the most common thing that people say is I don't have time or they're scared. And I feel I used to say I didn't have the time. I don't ever let myself say that now because I am a single female with no children, no mortgage, no husband, no family. And I can't say I don't have time. There are mothers, I've met them, mothers of three 
getting on stage with ProCard. Like everyone, everyone in the world has the same amount of hours in a day. And when I think like, you know, I remember those like, you, I don't know, if you think of Elon Musk or Richard Branson or anyone who really stands out to you, I'd be so embarrassed if I if they heard me say I don't have time because it's like if you do the maths, we have the same amount of time. Like, exactly. Have, and I probably have more. Like, yeah, if you think yeah, about if it, anything, I'm, we've got more time. Exactly. I'm not as busy as they are. I'm not as like successful as they are and I don't have as many requirements. So I definitely think that um, when someone says I don't have time, it's like, no, you're choosing not to do this because mm. if you don't have time, then you better not tell me or you, you better not answer yes to any of the following questions. Have you watched Netflix in the past six months? Have you even gone for a walk? Do you shower twice a day? Like where there's a will, there's a way, man. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got we've got time and that is that is mind-blowing because that's definitely what I know someone's brain out there listening is about to like have that glass-shattering moment of like and, shit. And if, if you tell yourself you don't have time, that's totally fine. Like society tells you that. You've heard mm. that. You probably heard that mm. from your mom when you were little or your dad. Like it's okay to say that because that's a natural thing that people say, I don't have time, I can't afford it. I'm not smart enough. Like they, these are things that we you didn't necessarily think of yourself. You heard someone else say it and you're like, yeah, mm. neither. And as well, it's what you prioritize. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Now let's chat about your fitness journey. And I want to know how did you fall in love with health and fitness? I know you've been working in the health and fitness industry for the last couple of years. And how did you kind of fall in love with it? Man, what a journey it's been, hey. So I um, – actually started training seriously with weights when I was 20 years old. So I'm 27 now. I just turned 27 on the 27th. So turning 27 definitely um, makes me feel a little bit old. But anyway, I started training when I was 20 and it came about because I spent three months in Europe. I had a moment where I was halfway through my degree or at the end of my first year of my degree and I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do it. I, I failed a couple of subjects. Like I was just like, I just hated it. My friends were earning money in their jobs that I didn't have. Like, and I decided I needed to take a gap. Like I took a gap, a gap semester. Um, and I went and partied and it was the best experience. Honestly, anyone, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling stuck, God, what terrible advice. We can't go anywhere. Go party. Um, Go to Europe. (laughs) Go to Italy. No. Um, (laughs) But I spent three months traveling around Europe and I had the best time and I came back eight kilos heavier and I was in so much debt. So I was like, okay, Jenna, you've got two choices. One, spend your last $600 on new clothes and accept this is the new reality or get a trainer. So I got a trainer. My body started to change. She was telling me to do things. And I was like, I'm such a nerd that like, if I see something working or growing and I like it, or I want to know more about it, this is my body that she was changing. I was like, how can you control (laughs) me? (laughs) What I'm doing. (laughs) I was like, okay, I need to know. I need to know what's going on for myself. And then I just became like kind of fixated on it in a healthy way. Like I was loving <laughs> learning and, and I realized like you can make these little tweaks and you can get big changes. And, and then I started YouTubing and I, t- I basically taught myself so much uh, just through YouTube that I then decided to get qualified. And 
it was a journey from there. Like every time I would learn something, I'd want to be better at it. And every time I got better at it, I'd learn something new and want to be better at that. And um, I, I was weight training from the age of 20 and I was, I built up strength and I was, I was good at it. Like, I, I don't know. I never really played sport in school and I was never celebrated for being an athlete as a child. I never got picked for sports teams. I never felt good about my physical ability because I didn't have it. I was a really bad dancer. I was in the back row. Like I was like really bad in school with this stuff. I was bullied by as a kid. And all of a sudden, you know, I was popping out like 85 kilo squats when I was 20, just because I could. Um, so I realized that what you focus on grows and I was able to sort of develop that. Um, and it became my sport and I bloomed late. Like kids, our age, or girls that I was growing up with great in school and afterwards they lost it, you know, or, or keep with it. Whereas I was like, no man, like this is my time to shine. <laughs> Absolutely. Which you, if anyone has seen her amazing results, um, you've got to stalk your amazing results. Uh, seriously. I have looked okay. at them over and over again and I love that. Yeah, I guess what you said before is that you had a healthy relationship with the way that things were kind of going and I'm sure that you allowed time and, you know, consistent effort and, you know, the setbacks, yes, but you kind of just allowed that extra time rather than it being quite a short period, which is amazing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I want to say something as well. Like it's a journey and there's a relationship and it goes two ways. Like what goes up goes down and whilst I went – you know, a hundred miles an hour in one direction. And I made all these leaps and bounds and improvements. I also went a hundred miles an hour in the other direction pretty fast too. So like, um, you know, it's something that you, it is a journey you have to learn. And, and the biggest lesson, this is a little bit off topic or off track, but the lesson that I have from that is like every action has an opposite reaction. You know, it's like the law of science. And I think whatever you push, whatever you put into yourself, it's going to push back. It's homeostasis. It's like, it is science. You can't fight it. And you need to realize like I myself, am still learning this, but balance is key. Like, and I, I said something on my Instagram the other day, like, are we striving for perfection? And are we just calling it balance? Like, is that, is that the new marketable P word? Like, absolutely. Um, but it's true. So I think anyone who's like curious about their own health and fitness journey, it's like you're on it and, and, and this mm. is life, this is living. It's normal to do, you know, have an ice cream here and, and have something there, but that is, that is life. And, and, um, the journey is to find balance. Mm, absolutely. And that's so important. You need to find balance. Otherwise, exactly what you said, it's, there's, yes, it's positive at the moment, but there's somehow, somewhere going to be a negative there. For sure. For sure. Now, tell me, you've competed and you started competing in 2018? I started competing, yes. Yeah, 2018. Yep. Beautiful. And I want to know what challenges did you face when competing and how did you actually overcome them? Or are you still kind of coping and figuring out how to overcome some challenges of Definitely that? Definitely still on that, still on that journey, still figuring it out. But um, I mean, when I think, okay, so I've done three shows, and when I think about them in hindsight, the first one was like a walk in the park in a way. Um, I feel like the first time you do something, uh, you are scared of it, and you are very trusting the person you choose, and you take it very seriously. It's like, um, I don't know if people are going to hate me for this analogy, but maybe I would say your first child. You do everything you're told. You read all the books, and you're like, I'm going to do everything by the book. So first prep seems like a walk in the park because I just did what I was told, got a great result. 
<laughs> that's so amazing fun. and then like third child third time you're like i got this don't worry <laughs> i'm gonna coach myself maybe that's me, but like um i don't know i like my career started to grow and blossom and, and i really realized it's not um so after my first show i had a really bad rebound because all i did in my head was compete so i lived that life Whereas my second shows, I was like, I, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to let my business and my goals take a back seat. So it needs to be a bit more balanced. I didn't do as well. Maybe I didn't get as lean, but you know, I'm sitting here because and have my own business now. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I think my biggest lesson with that is um, you've really got to master the balancing act, and and if you want it bad enough, then like there is there there are no compromises. There is no other way. You just get it done. Absolutely. And I feel like you've got to take the good with the bad. Like there's going to be some bad, bad situations, but there's also these amazing like lessons that you've learned, which is so important with what we kind of go through every single day. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. You're right. And I love your dedication. I love no matter what the setback is that you just kind of keep moving forward. And I can really see that. Um, And I want to know what is your secret? What is your secret to creating a really strong mindset? Um, I don't know. Like, I think that obviously like I have a lot of fun on my Instagram story sharing, sharing this stuff. Like I laugh about locking myself out or I laugh about like all the shit that goes on in my life that is a setback, you know, but I'm just like anyone else. It's just, you guys can see maybe more of me. So I, I know other people have these setbacks too. And my mindset is what it was, what the thing that drives me is like, I have them, you have them, LeBron James has them, like all, I don't even know athletes because I didn't even freaking play sport, but all of the best people that you look up to, anyone that you put on a pedestal had something go wrong the day of their big audition, the day of their concert, the day of their show. Everyone has something like no one just gets life on a, on a like golden platter and goes straight to the top. They just don't. And if you, if you want to believe that they do, I'll tell you right now, like you're wrong and science and studies and everything, if you read about entrepreneurs and successful people tells you that adversity makes people who they are. So my biggest thing was, okay, I want this life for myself. There's 7 billion people on earth and they all want what I want. Like winners and losers have the same goals. So you and me and, and Taylor Swift or whoever the, fuck it is that you look up to have the same goals like the difference is okay obviously there's some talent there because I probably (laughs) work Taylor I'm out for singing I am not even going to attempt it but my point is like what what the the difference is between whether or not you achieve it is is the work that you're going to do because that's life exactly whatever your yeah I feel like if I've got something in my head that I really want to achieve there'll be there will be setbacks, don't you worry, but there will be nothing that will get in my way. Like any setback, I'm like trying to keep climbing over that hump because exactly. otherwise, yeah, you're literally, you're back there and, and you're not going to get anywhere. And if it is a dead end, then you kind of have to learn how to accept that. But if you know that there's going to be success at the end of this, then yeah. you've got to keep climbing over those setbacks. No, the other thing is as well, like you don't, you might not even know there's success at the end of it. Like I'm reading mm. a book at the moment called Can't Hurt Be My by David Goggins and you know he ran like a marathon with a broken leg you don't even know you're gonna win and LeBron James played a whole season with a, a fractured or fasciitis plantar fasciitis in his hand the point yeah. is like here's the thing it's like that movie Sliding Doors I don't know if you've ever heard about it we 
this chick takes like misses a train home and catches her husband cheating or doesn't get the train and then lives a happy life. If you quit, there's going to be someone there who's had the same thing or something similar happen and they win. And you're like, well, God, like I almost had it. I almost had it, but I quit because I thought I had it hard. And this person had it just as hard, if not harder. And now they've taken the win. Totally. That is such an amazing way to put it. And I guess you juggle so many things all at once. You're literally amazing. And I want to chat to you about it. And, you know, you've got your comp prep when you're prepping and you're starting a business, you're side hustling and that. How do you fit everything in? I know we spoke about that we all have the same amount of hours in the day, but tell me how, what your process is. Um, It definitely comes back down to structure. Like my Number one tip for anyone who has a goal or things to get done is get up early. If you're waking up after seven, you're, you're wasting time. If you're waking get up at 6 a.m., you're still wasting time. Like obviously coronavirus is slowing us all down, but I'm dead serious with you. Like if you want to have a nice, the body that you want, the car that you want, the financial freedom, the corporate job that you want, like you've got to make more time for yourself. I was saying this before. We say we have no time. Make time. You've got it. It, you're sleeping through it. You think you can't function on seven hours? I challenge that. Like get up earlier. That's my like biggest tip. Um, the other thing is like it's quite contradictory, but my two sort of favorite books have become like one is called Habit Stacking, which basically is the art of doing multiple things at once, you know, stacking habits on top of each other, kind of. There's more to it. I'll get to it. But the other one is like the one thing. Both of them were given to me by a good friend of mine. And it's funny because I'm like, I was like, I used to drive to my corporate job, listen to an online course or an audio book, and then I'd drive home and make calls. And I was doing all these things about my, like I was calling for my side hustle, learning to a book about what I like fitness and going to my corporate job. And, And I realized like there's habit stacking, which is like, you know, stretching and having a coffee or or walking and reading and listening to an audiobook, and then there's like multitasking and doing nothing well. So mm. be careful there. Um, and the, the other thing is like what you focus on grows. So it comes back to having structure. But I really like to honestly, right now, I've said this on my story. Right now, I've even got time blocked out in my calendar to train because I can't Same. motivate myself to train. So I'm like, hundred percent training time. This is my walking time. I'm doing it. Um, literally yeah that structure helps and when you're working even if if you struggle to be productive just put in 30 minutes and don't look at your phone like when you're working on what you're working on work on what you're working on like your friends no disrespect to you are not as important as your career when you're talking about the iconic and someone's instagram or memes on a wednesday or a thursday and you know what like depending on the degree of like how you look at that that's everyone like yeah a girl who doesn't win the worlds in wbff would have well okay, i can't really say that but like my point is it, we can all be better we can all there's mm. always one percent i mean no one is a 10 out of 10 and like i mean yes you can take that right up to the top where people say they've done almost everything they can and yeah. i totally respect that mm. what i'm trying to say is um we can all be better so if you think you're really giving your all most of There's us, more to give. Mo- I would say most of us have got more to give. There's more in the tank. You can train harder. You can be more productive. You may work for an hour, but you're really only working for 40 minutes productively. Like, is there a way you can increase that? Can you 
improve sleep quality? If you can't get more sleep, can you improve the quality of your food? Like there's just so much more that we can do to get back from what we give. Always. And so, so important to hear that. That I really hope resonates with some people because that is so important. And do you find it hard to switch off? Like when you are finishing your day, do you find it hard to kind of wind down? I have really, really struggled with this lately. Mm. So I used to have that structure. I used to work really hard and then come at least six o'clock. I would stop because I start early. So I would usually be stopped by six. I would have a bath or go for a walk or go to the gym. Whereas now what I'm finding is I'm working and I'm not moving. And then by five o'clock, I'm like, okay, this is unacceptable. I need to move. And then I'm logging back on at Mm. eight. And I'm finding now like last night I was working till 1030. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, and I'm like, this is not me. Like, normally, like I said before, that structure is so important. If I push myself to get up and I work that late, it's it's really unhealthy. Like, it makes me feel so tired and I feel it. Um, There are things that I do do to help that. Um, I find journaling really helps. Having the salt bubble bath helps. Listening to, like, Jack Johnson or Bon Iver radio on Spotify. Beautiful. Um, and like I've got a meditation app, which is helpful. I haven't used it this week though. Um, so just like there are things that I actively try and do. But having said that, like last night it was 10.30. I'm like lying here with all my lights on on my phone and the OC going. I'm like, gee, yeah. it feels like it's like 3 o'clock. I'm not even tired. Yeah, I know, which is like that's when it gets pretty naughty, especially when you are waking up like so early and you're for- like kind of forcing yourself to get up. And exactly. But I think that separates – you know, the weak from the strong really because it's quite easy for us to kind of go back to bed because it's like, well, I didn't, like I did work really, really late and you have a goal and you're like, no, well, I'm still getting up at 5am and I will not miss that opportunity, which is so sick. And I am actually reading the 5am club at the moment. So yeah, but I mean, I'm normally up at like stupid o'clock anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) okay. Let's get into some boss babe questions. So these are some questions that my Instagram have asked you and we got loads of questions, but I've kind of narrowed them down. Um, We've got three questions to get through. My first question to you is top tip for a new business who doesn't know where to start or on how to promote their services and products. So my first tip my top tip is who know your person know your market so I'm going to narrow this one down for you know your audience know your buyer and then personify them you can google customer avatar template google these put a name on her is her name Betty is her name Sarah does Sarah go to the local baker does Sarah wear Lululemon or PE Nation or Riderwear, where does Sarah shop? Like who is your audience? If you're not sure how to do this, look at your most recent buyers and think who is she? Who does she remind me of? Who is he? And then personify this person. Find out where they live. What do they like on Facebook? Go find them on Facebook. You can see, I mean, they might be a bit outdated. I don't know the last time you did this, but you can see their interests and what they've liked. You can go on their Instagram, look at what they like. And to find, to promote to these people, you need to be where they are. There's a saying I like in marketing, fish where the fish are. So if you are selling activewear, you want to communicate to these people where they shop, where they go online, where are they looking right now? Um, you know, do you, well, how can you serve them better? Can you give them 
a workout to do at home in their active wear or, or um, you know, if these people are reading books, are they going on Booktopia or Dimmicks? Are there authors you can work with to cross-promote? Like go where they already are. It's like the path with least resistance. I absolutely love that, especially as a business owner. I can totally take away some serious tips you've just given there. Guys, I hope at home listening, you are also writing all of this down because, man, Jenna knows what's up. Second question for you, what is the best way to start a side hustle? Um, Okay, second, the best way to start a side hustle is to get started. First of all, just get started. The second one is to find a side hustle. Um, My favorite piece of advice for this is to invest into proximity. So this was something that I actually heard when I was listening to Grant Cardone. What do you do? Who are you? Who is your personal brand? What do you want to be known for? What are you already doing well? And then what is the next best thing that you can do? Invest into proximity. You don't want to compete with yourself because that's stupid. Like I did Rodan and Fields because I'm so passionate about helping women grow and be better and be strong that I was like, why wouldn't I want to help women have glowing skin and make money? Like that to me was investing in proximity. If you are a trainer, um, you know, investing in proximity could be for your side hustle working with Rodan and Fields. No, it could be um, with a supplement brand or business. It could be working um, in activewear. Like it could be helping, coming up with a service to help your clients do what they're doing better. Don't, um, my biggest advice is to invest into proximity and don't try and splinter your personal brand. Like you can think you have a business, but you are your business, especially as a sole trader. So who are you? What do you want to be known for? And how can you help people? And if you're already doing that, um, how can you do that in, in, in another way close to that? And now someone might be listening to this and thinking, that's all good and well, Jenna, but I sell insurance and I hate my job. How can I have a side hustle? open your mind. You are doing something that you like. You want to be a person. You have a brand you want to build. You might not be there yet, but look at your goal and that is your side hustle. And also you've got to have some passion in there, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Love it. And side hustles can quite quickly turn into actually a full-time job, which is the coolest part about a a side hustle. 100%. And like, you know, we all know these days you have to have like five streams of income to, to buy a house in Sydney or any of our major cities. And and that one income stream is sort of dead now. I mean, well, I don't mean to be insensitive when I say this, but look at the time. You lose your job, you lose everything. Like the point is to have your finger in a few pies or pots. Like you want to be building some side money on the side. You want to be able to have some money to go traveling or, or pay for your outings on the weekend. And, and it's not about cutting back. Don't ever let anyone tell you you have to cut back and save. You need to earn more. Everyone needs a side hustle. Absolutely. It is so good. I hope that at least one person can walk away going, all right, what is going to be my side hustle? If you need help with it, hit me up. I'd love to have you on my Rodan and Fields Yes, which is exactly, actually, let's talk about that. So your side hustle is this amazing skincare company, right? Yes, Rodan and Fields. So we had huge success in the 90s. Um, The two doctors who founded Rodan and Fields founded Proactive. So every girl 
would remember Proactive from the 90s. And the cool thing is the doctors went on to create a billion-dollar brand with Proactive and they did it again when they created Rodan and Fields. Now, I am all about boss babes. I'm all about business and women supporting women and really having your own life and freedom. And these two women encompass all of that. They created this huge company. We became the number one brand of skincare in America. We were partnered with Estee Lauder in 2001 and the doctors were like, I'm going to give the power back to the people and we became a social e-commerce business and it was the perfect storm. The The time was the GFC, 2007, 2008, kind of similar to what's going on now. The market crashed, people lost their jobs, they wanted their own security and they wanted some money and it was also the, the same time as social media and the selfie era. So women wanted glowing skin and these products are no shit. Like they're legit. They are number one in America, number one in Canada, fastest growing brand of skincare in Australia. And they work so well that like, why wouldn't you want to use them? And on top of that, if you're a natural referral queen like me or most girls, you know where you get your lashes done or your nails done or or your favorite sushi place, then you may just benefit from sharing your these products that are so amazing with the people around 100%. you. hundred percent. And you can tell that you are genuinely invested in the product um, and the brand rather than it just being that side, like, you know, just a bit of extra cash. Oh, it's- sure. and, and I think the cool thing with Red Adam Fields is like you never have to ask anyone to do anything different. Like all girls that I know of anyway are washing their face. I don't have to be like, hey, can you just try burning this oil and see how amazing it makes you feel or have these capsules made from juice? Like <laughs> you don't have to do anything different. Just you're already doing what you do. You just start asking you to swap. And if you don't like it, you can get your money back. Like, that's it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And uh, I am looking at Jenna and her skin is glowing. And at the moment, my skin is okay. having a severe anxiety attack. So we're going to, we'll have to talk after this, Jenna. <laughs> Our last question that um, the boss babes have asked is paying influencers to move products, pros and cons. Okay, pros, you get to leverage the association of another person. You get to be perceived as, especially if you're a big brand, if you work with big brands and products, leveraging an influencer allows you to be personify your brand are you working with cheeky fun people are you working with cute bubbly people are you working with serious smart you know technical people or athletes like if you partner with the rock you're going to get a very different message to if you partner with tammy hembrow what does your influencer allow you to say that you can't say as a company because of the tga or the the food act or whatever it is you know what i mean so there are pros of being affiliated with these people um, also, you can reach a new market. We have got, we live in a world where people don't necessarily see traditional media. We're not going out to see out of home. We are not watching ads because we're living on Netflix. Um, and we can literally choose. We are never, ever, ever more in control of what we see now because we're in our own home. It's so hard to reach people in their home. And essentially, an influencer, they go to them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so you find these people, it's great to, to, to really take advantage of their engagement. The cons are lack of visibility now. Like 
that the taking away of likes and engagement, uh, I'm seeing that there's just a lack of visibility. It's really hard to track return on investment, especially over a specific time. You may have a budget um, and influence marketing is expensive. I know some influencers charge $4,000 a post. You're not going to get a return on investment necessarily from one post. You might if it's something catchy. Um, it comes back to that whole invest in proximity thing. Like, um, But I definitely think the cons are it's just harder to, to gain return on investment. Um, it's an expensive thing from a resources point of view. Who's going to manage your influencer portfolio? Who's going to make sure they're fulfilling their requirements? How do you ask an influencer to pick it up if their game is dropping? Some some of these people aren't business people. Mm-hmm. So it is a full-time job, influencer management. And if your business is looking into it as a strategy, do not expect to get a return and give it to someone to do a couple of hours a week. It is not that. You need to make it someone's focus. You need to treat it with respect and you need to be prepared to not see a return immediately um, or as directly, I should say. This gal right here has some serious insight into marketing. Man, that blows my mind. You are seriously so knowledgeable with with um, marketing and branding and obviously that's your, your life at the moment. So I, I want to know... Jenna Davies Marketing is what is it all about and what can we expect to see in the future? Jenna Davies Marketing is what it says it is. It is me. It is my brand. It is simple. It is me offering my services to you to help you reach a bigger bigger audience and help you fulfill your goals. Um, I want you to have what you want and that often comes with changing more people's lives. Like it's a, it's a numbers game. You want what you can't have and to get it, you need more of whatever you're getting. So you need to reach more of the people you're reaching. So my goal is to do that for people. Um, and I guess I think in the future, what you'll see from me is hopefully um, some amazing client testimonials, some more stories and a team like the people that I work with. I want full time, man, like we'll have an agency and we'll be here for you. And on top of that, I'll have my squad of glowing girls all glowing with their Rodan and Fields skin and maybe even their bank accounts. Absolutely. <laughs> what a vision. Mark her words. You will see her around um, doing her absolute gal boss thing. Now, for those who want to stalk you, have a little sticky beak of what you get up to, what is the best way to find you? The best way to find me is to type into your Instagram browser, Jen Ann. That's my middle name, which is my first name backwards. So I was like, at the time, I know, mind blown. It's my first name backwards without the J. So J-E-N-N-A-N-N-E. That's my Instagram. Um, or you can type in Jenna Davies Marketing or go to jennadaviesmarketing.com. Beautiful. And I will link all of uh, all of Jenna's stuff in the show notes below. So don't stress if you can't remember that. Now, that is a beautiful, beautiful wrap of our episode. Jenna, what an absolute vibe you have been. And thank you seriously so much for giving so much insight into every every form of aspect that we've just spoken about. You seriously have some knowledge up your sleeve and I'm so excited to see what is to come in your world. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me on, Emily. It's been so nice to chat. <laughs>